Hello and welcome to Undrafted, a Dynasty Game Theory podcast brought to you by the Undroppables. I am your host, Scott Belanger, a.k.a. Jax Falcone. You can find me on Twitter at Dino Game Theory. This is episode number 133. Let's roll. Hey, a little special Monday pod for you folks. Uh, this is this part two of our sort of draft recap. Um, I don't know when I'll be back on the mic, maybe again this week. Uh, but I do know that next week, like next, next week, not this week, but next week, not this week, but next week, next Thursday, I think it'll drop on the 11th or something like that. I'm going to have Scott Barrett on the show, and I'm really looking forward to that. Dude absolutely crushed it this year in terms of his rankings, his pre-draft model. Uh, certainly, you know, Marvin Mims was a little bit of a miss for some of us in the in the analytics uh, world. Um, we'll see how much of a miss Mr. Mims is. We're going to talk about all that and more today with my partner, Mr. Chalk. I've got Chalk on so that we can talk about all these prospects, all the draft landing spots, and all the shuffle. It's like shuffle up and deal. This is the time when everything changes. Yeah, you came out and you ranked your rookies, but now it's time to think about where you're going to draft them, where they rank in for dynasty, not just for the NFL draft and as prospects, but now that now that the NFL has made their decision on where these guys are going to be playing, i.e. which team, also what where they valued them, uh, this is all very, very important information that we have to deal with. If you had a guy really, really high and he went undrafted, you need to deal with that. You need to have a reckoning, and we will. Both Chalk and I are going to be able to say, hey, we were right or wrong. We were Maybe we're, we're right about the player, but we're wrong about what we thought the NFL thought of him. Whatever the case, it doesn't really matter. But here we are to figure all that out going forward. Mr. Chalk, what's going on, buddy? What's up, Jax? Yeah, man. Um, yeah, man, I'm super, super stoked to be here. You know, I, I hit you up on, you know, draft night telling you that we had to get on the mic together and, and talk about this stuff. Uh, you know, just a lot of a lot of shakeups uh, in the dynasty world. Uh, you know, the, maybe the draft, you know, didn't give us some of the draft capital landing spots for all of our guys. But uh, a lot of a lot of good things happened and a lot of stuff to talk about. So I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I think if we look at it like. Um, you know, 30,000 foot view, the things we were saying, we were kind of right about everything, actually, you know, um, I, you know, so many things we were just right about on a granular level. Um, you know, we did think that Bryce Young and CJ Stroud were the best two quarterbacks for NFL purposes. We did think that uh, Will Levis was overrated. We did think that Jake Hayner and uh, whatever the guy, the UCLA guy, were were pretty good, and the next guys off the board. We did think that the running back class had a couple of studs, and then we were really unsure about what we saw. We said we had a lot of flawed prospects, and that that they were all kind of evenly grouped. Well, the NFL agreed. They faded the running back position pretty heavily. We felt like we had maybe a couple of, you know, not elite but pretty good four or five guys, and then a lot of you know, middling wide receivers. The NFL agreed with that. We thought that there were a lot of tight ends that were really, really good. And the NFL totally agreed with us as they drafted all them up. And Darnell Washington, who I had question marks about, the NFL did too. It's kind of like, boom, 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 boom. Now, that doesn't mean we're right about everything because that ain't true. Um, But a lot of the things we were wrong about, we even saw coming. 
you know, I, I look, who was a bigger Sean Tucker fan than me? And at one point, I think I had him like 11 or 12 running back in my rankings. And people were like, dude, I thought you liked him. I'm like, all right, I move him back up to like seven, eight, nine. And I just basically was saying, look, I think there's something wrong. And lo and behold, the, the uh, what's the kid's name that came out with the, the, the report on his, uh, his heart condition. Um, I forgot who did that. You can correct me, Mr. Chalk, if who, who, who had released that, but I was like, yeah, there's some questions. He, he's, there's some issues. Sure enough, he goes undrafted. So all of that, I feel like we kind of have a pretty good feel for it, but now we have to start making some decisions, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, there's a lot of decisions we got to make, right? We got to continue to look at, yeah, you know, the numbers and the profiles and ADP, like we were just talking about before the show. Yeah. Uh, you know, Sean Tucker. Yeah. I mean, you know, I was a fan of him as well. Uh, and then throughout the process, I, I started dropping him down. I started bumping him back up just like you did. Uh, and, and then right before the draft, you know, we both were talking and we, we heard the news about the, you know, the heart condition and kind of the question marks there. And, you know, it was true. It wasn't, it wasn't just smoke, you know, it was right. actual, there was actual fire there. Uh, so it's a super bummer, right? Cause his yes. metrics look great on paper and, you know, it was kind of exciting to kind of have someone like Sean Tucker, uh, in our, in our rankings. Yeah. Uh, but we just got to deal with it. Right. And now we just got to figure out, um, you know, where the chips fall at this point. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, staying with the running back position, I'd love to start with a topic that I think is, you know, me and Michael P. Duncan did some uh, first round analysis, and I think you and I will touch on that. But let's start sort of almost right after that, because, you know, I think the next thing we want to think about is, yeah, we've got Bijan and Jameer Gibbs. I, that's a solved equation. Those are running backs one and two. That's like they created an Uber tier. You know, we thought maybe we'd see Gibbs late first and then a couple of second round running backs. That wasn't the case. We saw one second round running back into the worst possible situation ever. And then really fourth rounders, late thirds, fourth rounders from there on out. I don't even know if there was a fourth round. My goodness. I mean, they just faded the hell out of these running backs. Long story short is at this point, who is your running back three? Because I think it's a big question who it is and where we think that that player goes. Um, What do you think, Mr. Chalk? Yeah, for me, um, at this moment in time today, you know, you're asking me on April 30th, you know, late in the evening, it's Ken J. Miller. Um, you know, because I had him at my RB4 yep. before the draft. And he got, you know, day two capital, ends up in a good spot, right, in New Orleans uh, with Kamara and, and Jamal Williams. But, you know, the Kamara situation, well documented. Uh, you know, the legal issues, he's getting up there in age. Um, you know, so, you know, I think Ken J. Miller finds himself in a you know decent landing spot, you know, pretty good, if you ask me. And he got good capital. Uh, yeah. and, and I know you just alluded to uh, Charbonnet uh, and kind of what happened to him. And just a bummer, man. You know, I think a lot of us were excited about him. You know, a lot of, I think me and you both had him at, you know, RB3. Uh, with the arrow pointing upwards before the draft, and and now we're just kind of left, you know, <laughs> you know, heads in our hands, just you know, wondering, yeah. you know, how that all happened. Yeah, if you if you were like drafting before the draft and you got Charbonnet at like one point oh eight, and then you know you hear, oh, he's the third running back off the board after Gibbs and you know uh, Bijan, and this, and he's the only second round running back. If I told you all that, you'd be like. 
yes, yes, I fucking knew it, man. And then I tell you, yeah, he's in Seattle. You'd be like, what, dude? It'd just be like the most epic, like, you know, wah, wah, wah. So, yeah, Charbonnet just eats it, uh, just has to absolutely eat it. It's terrible. I mean, because Ken Walker's really good. I I do suspect that maybe Charbonnet might be used in the pass game, but enough about Charbonnet. He can't be RB3. But I love your answer, right? Post, uh, excuse me, pre-draft, I had this sort of four-player tier. I wasn't sure about all these guys, but I liked all of them. And that was Abanacanda, Kendra Miller, Roshan, and the aforementioned Charbonnet. And that was kind of like those are the four like big-body backs with – you know, some sort of special trait, right? You know, obviously, uh, Roshan is that pro's pro. Charbonnet had a big senior, junior, senior season, getting all the draft buzz. And then Kendra and Izzy were these sort of, you know, raw material, underclassmen, you know, speedy guys. I mean, Kendra didn't run at the 40, uh, but he was fast in college. I think he was clocked at like 22 MPH. And like, so dude's fast. We have, we have you know, Izzy who's fast. But I... And you're going to be maybe surprised by this, Mr. Chalk. But I'm going to tell you, the landing spot I wanted for Izzy, everybody knows it, was Miami. I was like, give me a fast back in Miami. Give me Izzy in Miami. And instead, we get Devon A-Chain. Well, let me just tell you, my concerns about Devon A-Chain are one thing. And one thing only. Size. That's it. That's the only concern I have. Like, really, what what else is there to talk about with Devon A-Chain as a concern? There's none, right? I mean, would you at least agree with that? I agree. I absolutely agree. I mean, that's that's the only thing that makes me not like love him, right? I love sure. the landing spot, like yes. you said. He has a track, like real legit track speed. Um, you know, awesome in the back. You know, out of the backfield catching balls. Twenty one years old. Uh, metrics look great. You know, production numbers look good. It's just the size and hey, the I Shanahan mean, yeah. system. The Shanahan system, which was headed by you know McDaniel is now the, the Miami system headed by McDaniel and he has been Mr. Raheem Mostert you know I mean he's been Mostert the whole way uh, you know I tweeted Raheem Mostert died so that Devon Chain could live and I believe it you know this this whole thing I believe that he on top of it all bro it's going to be Tyreek Hill Jalen Waddle and Devon Chain on the same field like you want to talk about putting stress and strain on the defense with speed? Oh my God, there's going to be a lot, a lot of speed on the field for this Miami Dolphins team, and it's going to be hard to contend with. And I, for those reasons, I am Devon A. Chain RB three, and honestly, I love Kendra. He's RB four for me. But at this point, I, I think I would click the button very comfortably for A. Chain over Kendra. Um, Am I making you second guess it at all? Uh, I, I mean, to be honest, I don't know if I'm second guessing having Kendra at, at three, but I definitely see the argument, you know, for A chain at three. And you're convincing me to put A chain above Charbonnet. It has to be. At four. You know what I mean? It like, has to be. You know? Um, Chalk, you let's know, put it this way yeah. you're in a best ball league. Who are you drafting first, A chain or Kendra Miller or Charbonnet? Best ball, A chain. It's easy. It's not, but it's also not really a tough decision. No, no. Right. So, yeah. year one, which I mean, we don't love any of these backs. We don't love any of these situations. It's not like, dude, no, no, no. 
Kendra, bro. I do think Kendra is really good. I, in a vacuum, prefer Kendra over A Chain. That's why I had him ranked. But I think you really have to just say, fuck my priors. I'm ready to be wrong. Like, you know, year one. And if we're wrong about this A Chain situation, I mean, if, if somehow he's not, I would be shocked, I guess, at this point, if he just doesn't have a, a prominent role, including pass catching duties for that Miami Dolphins team. I think there'll be some like, whether it's Jeff Wilson or some other cardboard cutout Jeff Wilson character, <laughs> right? Like to handle the sort of, you know, the grinded out stuff. Like he's not going to get a 90%, but we don't, we're not even thinking like that. Like I'm talking Tony Pollard with Zeke role. And I'm fine with that for a chain because I think he's going to be that type of explosive guy. He's going to have 20 yard bursts, like two or three times a game. You're going to be like, whoop, there he goes. You know, they're going to be wide open. Um, you know, like I said, Tyreek and Jalen Waddle stretching the field for him. I mean, it could be third and 18 and a screen pass to a chain is like, well, that could get, that could get it. You know what I mean? Whereas normally you're like, what the fuck? You know? So, I mean, I was just thinking about like a chain from almost any position on the field is liable to score. And on that offense specifically, man, I am, I am getting really tantalized by a chain. Sorry. Here I am. Yeah, no, I, you know, I, I wasn't, I wasn't big on a chain pre-draft. Right, but given given what what's shaken out with the draft capital and landing spot, you know, got like you said, got dismissed the priors and you know adjust adjust with the new numbers and data that we get. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I mean, you know, I, I I'll say this: it, it's close between Kendra and Achain, right? I'm drafting yeah. both of them in the first round of my yes. Superflex rookie drafts. Right. I mean, right. So right. you know, at the, at the back end. Um, you know, I guess it's kind of you know it's kind of dealer's choice at that point, and I yes. can't blame someone for taking a chain above Kendra Miller. Yep. Um, but I think there is you know a clear teardrop. Uh, you know, no pun intended, because I'm shedding some tears for Charbonnet <laughs> yeah. um, and the rest of the running backs. But Charbonnet really, is such like, a such an interesting case too. So you know, just to kind of, <clears throat> I I do have a chain and Kendra Miller back to back after the sort of first, excuse me, after the first round players. And look, if you want to, you know, you know, uh, steam a chain up, even ahead of some of these wide receivers, be my guest, you know, the say flowers or whatever, you know, I've got them back to back. So if obviously if someone wants to take a chain over flowers, it's like, okay. You know, I, I don't have a specific issue with that. I think it's harder to make the case for, for Kendra just because of year one. Although, Dude, Kendrick could be a beast out the gate too. I will give you that. He's right there for me. They're 10 and 11 in my ranks. You know what's what's crazy after that though? Kendra, you make a great point. Look, I, everybody knows I love Kendra. We're not going to spend too much time there, but I'm with you. Kendra Miller in New Orleans. Let's go. The next thing that I, I come to is like, I don't know. I have all four of them right here right now. I, I'm not suggesting this is where I would keep them all, but I have the Dalton Kincaid Michael Mayer, Luke Musgrave, Sam Laporta, you know, two or three of them might be like, you know, top 10 tight ends in two or three years, right? Like it could be that all four of them are like legit, you know, fantasy tight ends going forward. Like it's not out of the question. These guys are legit players. You know, Mayer is as like Fryermuth uh, floor. Like he's probably a little bit better prospect than Frymouth was. I thought Frymouth is a great prospect. Musgrave is like this black box. It could be a boat guy because, you know, he's got all this. Uh, I don't know if you listen to the player profiler thing, but um, when we did the draft, um, 
they picked Musgrave and I was like, fuck, I want him, you know? And we got a little talking about Musgrave. He was like a four sport state champion. Did you know this? It was like track and field wrestling, which is like, and you know, you state champion wrestler. You're like, fuck, this guy's an athlete football and like something else. I forgot what it was, but like homie can homie's an athlete, you know? Yeah, so you know what I'm saying? And so, yeah, he had a disappointing year cause he got hurt and didn't end up getting, you know, uh, any sort of production metric on his, uh, profile, but looks like he was going to get a production metric on his profile, then gets the draft capital, gets a pretty decent landing spot. So, and, and then Dalton Kincaid, you know, elite, you know, pass catching weapon going to a, high volume passing offense. I've got Kincaid one, but do you agree that th- that's a tightly knit um, uh, tier or do you see it all- otherwise? I think the first three guys are pretty tight. Although I think Kincaid is in a tier of his own, to be honest. Um, right. Just, you know, I, I love his profile. He was my TE one coming in, yeah. ends up on the bills. Um, I mean, just, just sweet. And, I, I do hear whispers of kind of the next Kelsey and I, you know, I don't want to pump that up, but right. You know, I mean, that's, that's in the realm of possibility. This guy is a, you know, pass catching machine, right? He's a, he's a true pass catching threat. Yeah. Um, I like Sam Laporta uh, uh, quite a bit. Michael Mayer. Uh, I, I'd like him as well. And Michael Mayer, um, you know, decent athlete as well. You know, I mean, I think all these, I think all these tight ends are, that you mentioned are all great athletes. Musgrave, obviously a super athlete, like you yes. had mentioned. Um, I think, I think Musgrave is interesting. I think he's going to be a value in like the third round of rookie drafts. Um, but I, I, I would probably, you know, prioritize Kincaid and I could see him. I mean, I actually saw him going at the end of the first round. Yeah. Uh, in a 1.5 tight end premium. So not even that, not, not, not even two points. So just some basic 1.5. So Kincaid is slipping into like 112. Uh, I'd press the button easily early in the second round all day. Uh, and then if, if you can't get them, then Laporta and Mayer are nice consolation prizes like in the mid, end of the second round. And I, I've been famously saying I don't like taking tight ends in my rookie drafts early. Totally. But this is this is one of those classes where I think I think you got to – you got to press the button on at least one of these guys. Yeah, I think there's some special circumstances. The way that the you know we've been saying this is the draft to get your tight ends, and I was like, yeah, I, I agree with that. I like that, but I'll I'll sit back and I'll wait, let other people make decisions for me, and I'll take the leftover guys. This may be one of those drafts where you know my second and third round picks, I end up with two tight ends, which is crazy. I I don't know that that's gonna happen, or I, I'm not necessarily advocating for that, but it's starting to be a thought bubble in my mind. And part of that chalk for me is like, okay, let's just, I'm just going to ramble off my rankings and they're going to be guys, I'm ready to be wrong. They're going to change. I'm just doing this for the illustration of getting a a, a 30,000 foot view of, of who's what and where. Okay. Like Bijan and the three quarterbacks, the four wide receivers, Jackson Smith and Jigba, Addison, Quinton, Zay Flowers, Gibbs, A-Chain and Miller, right? That's 11. And so, yeah, you're right there at 12 and forget those four tight ends. Then you start looking at like running backs. It's like Charbonnet, Roshan, Izzy, Tajay, <clears throat> excuse me, wide receivers. It's like Mims, Jaden Reed, Mingo, Josh Downs, Rashi Rice. Like which one of those guys, any of those guys, you just keep going down the board. Like which one of those guys do you, are you feeling compelled to take 
over those tight ends. You know what I mean? It's not like, dude, you got to take so-and-so over him. It's like, actually, I don't have to take any of those fucking guys over him. I mean, Will Levis, Hendon Hooker, like, okay, yes, super flex. I get it, but you're compelled to take these quarterbacks, but I'm not so sure exactly what happens with these quarterbacks, Chalk. I mean, do do you feel what I'm getting at? I'm just saying, like, is it's almost like the best BPA are those tight ends. Yeah, no, I, I think so. I mean, I, I think, I think, I think you have to take a tight end in the second round if you don't get uh, Kincaid, you know, in the first. But I, all like all three of those four tight ends, I have them in the second round for me, right? And if you're not taking at least one of them when you have a chance, you're definitely going to miss out. And yeah, you know, your, your, your next best shot is you know going for Musgrave. Um, not in my but, league. He's gonna be gone, motherfucker. He's gonna be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean no, i do i think yeah. I, for me musgrave is easily in there <clears throat> and in the in the the nfl agreed you know i mean it went you know 25 34 35 42 that was those those slots so they were within <clears throat> 17 picks of each other and laporta 34 mayor 35 musgrave 42 like that's within like eight picks of each other yeah you know musgrave was one of those guys like does the NFL see him that way? Yeah, they sure do, man. And I, don't, I know it's only one team. And the other guy that was was right there is, is Schoenmacher, who goes to the Cowboys at pick 58. We've all wanted to, you know, which one of those two other stiffs is the guy. Well, maybe it's neither of them, and it's Schoenmacher. I mean, you know, they've got a three three tight end room where one of those guys is making it out of there alive, eh? Yeah, yeah. You know, one of them was, you know, they have Ferguson. And, we, you know, for a while we thought Ferguson was going to be safe. And then all of a sudden, you know, Schumacher gets drafted. And, yeah. you know, that definitely muddies, muddies the waters out in Dallas. Um, but, yeah, this, this is, this is going to be one of those special rookie drafts where you got, you got to take a tight end. You got to prioritize tight end. You know the, um, you know the thing yeah. that's bugging me about the, the Luke Musgrave thing, though, too, is like Tucker Craft. They also drafted Tucker Craft at 78. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Yeah, so I mean, not that it's like tremendous draft capital, but it's still pretty good, especially for a tight end. You know, top 100 tight ends, it's a pretty good draft capital. You know, um, <clears throat> I thought Brenton Strange was a very, quote-unquote, strange pick, too. Yeah, um, yeah, that was, I, yeah. He kind of came out of nowhere for me, to be honest. I wasn't looking yeah. at him. I looked at him. He just He's kind of slow. And so, therefore, he doesn't profile. He, he's sort of a a blocking tight end who's who's a very gifted like pass catcher. Like you know what I mean. Like he's like mm-hmm. he's not uh, a complete rubber in the uh, pass catching game, but he's not a he's not a game changer in the passing game. So like when you throw it to him, he'll catch it, and like he's got a great he's got a great body. Like he's chiseled and he can move guys around, and so he's an every down player. And I think that's probably why they want him as a compliment to Evan Ingram, not a replacement. I don't think at all. Like I just see him as a complimentary player in that offense. You know, the blocking guy, the guy who's in there. You know, do some dirty work, maybe catch a few play action touchdowns, but you know, here and there, but not a target guy. And I, that that makes sense, I guess, from an NFL perspective. But I will be. I hope he gets steamed up completely because I'll be passing on him entirely. I, I'd rather have the second tight end in Green Bay. I'd rather have Tucker Craft over him. I'd certainly rather have the 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 shot at Darnell Washington. If I'm gonna take a backup tight end to an already good player, I'm gonna take, you know, Darnell Washington over Brenton Strange. But uh Darnell Washington kinda I'm not really interested in that either. I mean that doesn't look very good because he's like backup to 
um, Fryermuth. You, you kind of agree there? Yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah. I, I start I started souring on on Darnell Washington pre-draft. So you know, for me, you know, not I, I was kind of I didn't really care. It's kind of one of those like zero yeah. share, zero care situations for me. Yeah, um, if he falls in my lap late fourth round, okay, I'll throw a dart probably. But you know, there's some other uh, rookies that I, I might I might prefer over someone like Darnell Washington. Yeah, I had a lot of people, you know, super in love with the Zach Kuntz. He goes 220. He does find a good spot with the Jets, but I'm not so sure. I think this kid is not a blocker at all. And for those reasons, the NFL can't figure out how to play him consistently. So, yeah. he's, of course, he's going to be a day three pick. I was warning against that. Everybody's like, dude, the Raz score. It's like, yeah, yeah, he's big and he's fast and athletic, but he's not blocking anybody. So, therefore, he can't play. Like, you have to be able to block as a tight end, at least passably. You know, that's kind of the issue with Kincaid, but I think he's such a special receiving weapon, and they know what they've got in Buffalo. But, the, the, you know, Kuntz was never anything like Kincaid. You know what I mean? It's like I, – by the way, you made mention – I think Kincaid is like Zach Ertz, you know, just a total, like, out-in-open-space problem. Yeah, yeah, he's 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 definitely a, a he's a weapon. He's for sure a weapon, and yeah, uh, I th- I think he's going to be exciting, especially you know, especially playing with Josh Allen uh, yeah. in that offense, that Buffalo offense. It should be fun. Yeah, right. I mean, exactly. Yeah, I'm pretty excited about Kincaid going forward uh, for sure, especially in that wide open offense. So I mentioned. So we kind of did the tight ends. I I, th- I think we did a good job. I think you can start to sprinkle in you know, whomever you think is that good a tight end. I do think that Kincaid is clearly the tight end one now. The only first-round tight end, gets the good offense, no competition. Uh, Laporta's got a good, you know, he looks great to me too. Mayer kind of by himself, and and, uh, I almost said Oakland again. I love it. So, yeah, I I like all those guys. You know, my, my wide receiver, whatever, five or four going into it, Kind of got moved down a little bit. Marvin Mims. <clears throat> I know you were starting to feel a little bit of Marvin Mims uh, throughout the process. What have you done with him now? Is he still someone that you consider taking at this particular point in the draft? You know, early second, or do you have a few players enough ahead of him where you're you know probably not getting him here? You think he should be moved down? I like him in the mid-ish second. You know, I could see him maybe sneaking up into that. You know, two hundred three yeah. range. You know, I think that's I think that's fair for someone like Marvin Mims. I still have to look at him clo- more closely. Yeah. Um, you know, right now I have him at two hundred five. Yeah. But uh, I, I think I think I have to move him up a little bit. Um, but you know, right right ahead of him, you know, a few spots, uh, early second round. Uh, Got to press the button on our boy, man, Jaden yes. Reed. Yes. yes, our boy, man. Dude, we won. That's our we boy. did it. We did, we did it, it, man. We did it. We, we did it. We look at us. Did you ever think it'd be me and you? <laughs> Let's play that 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 meme, right? I, nope, I never saw it come, baby. Not me. Not us. Yeah, yeah man. this is Jaden Reed, man. So yep. yeah, he he's he's right there, locked in early second round. Man, I'm in a rookie draft right now, and so bummed out. Jaden Reed went. 204 i had 205 oh, oh no <laughs> so painful man that is pain. I, I, I thought i thought he was gonna slip down continuously um wasn't gonna happen you know which he gets I that understand. capital man he gets he the does, capital man. well so here's the thing you know if we talk about marvin mims he goes 63 to the denver broncos okay um 
kind of an interesting uh, landing spot, but I will say I'm like, it's, you know, it's Sean Payton's like first pick there. Like, you know, his first wide receiver, he doesn't have as much loyalty to Hamler and Sutton and Patrick and Judy. I know there's a lot of dead bodies he's going to have to, you know, climb over in order to get to the top of the, the, the mountain there. But I mean, I think he's certainly going to be ahead of Hamler easily. And then it's like, okay, you know, do they trade Judy? I mean, who knows what happens? There's been a couple of guys coming off injuries, both Patrick and actually all three of them have dealt with it. So he could find his way onto the field. I'm not so sure I'm ready to take him ahead of certain guys, but like right ahead of him goes Mingo, Jaden Reed, and Rashi Rice. And then it's him, right? So after the big four, it's just those three. You can certainly justify if you think Marvin Mims is that good a player, taking him over all three of them, it sounds to me like you're not taking him ahead of Jaden Reed. Would you take him ahead of Mingo or Rice? And just make some yes. sense of this group if you can. Like, what do you think of these four guys as Mingo, Reed, Rice, and Mims? Yeah, I mean, you know, Reed at Reed the top. Um, I'm still taking Mims over Mingo and Rice. Um, I just, I actually feel like Mingo and Rice are kind of traps to yeah, be honest in this range. Yep. Um, and I'm okay missing on them. Right. I'll, 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 I'll take the chance of missing. Um, right. Cause I, I wasn't fans of them necessarily pre-draft. I know they got the th- uh, third round draft capital. Uh, so I can't hate that. Um, but Second. I don't know. Yeah. Just, I just, I just don't know if <clears throat> there, there's enough there for me to, change things. I mean, Rashi Rice, he ends up in, in, in Kansas City. Yeah. So that's super exciting uh, in terms of, you know, landing spot. But, I mean, we played this game so many times before. And yes. I don't know. I don't know why. It's like the Kansas City Chiefs. It's like the best offense in the world. But, like, yeah, it's just Kelsey, you know. It's, it's, that's, that's all it really is. And um, I, I, I think it was yeah. actually your, your next guest coming up, Scott Perry. I think he tweeted something about you know, the Kansas City Chiefs offense is straight fire. He had like eight wide receivers that he listed. Yeah. I'm like, goodness, yes. man. Like, like it just, I don't know. I got, I mean, talk about dead bodies got to sort out. I mean, that's yeah. definitely going to be one of those, you know, who's going to rise the occasion. Um, but you can't forget my boy, Josh Downs, man. He's got to be in that mix too, right? He, he well, was, that's um, it. Yeah. I was going to go to that next group, which is kind of an interesting group because pre-draft, I think we all kind of liked these guys ahead of, or at least some of them ahead of these guys, you know, at pick 69, obviously tank Dell, you know, I mean, (laughs) there was no other pick. We should have been projecting (laughs) tank Dell to 69 the whole way. That was easiest call in the draft. Um, But then Jalen Hyatt to, to the giants. Like, I don't, (laughs) I don't love that, but like, he's clearly going to be their outside guy, I guess. I mean, I don't love that. Right. But then yeah. Cedric Tillman, a pick after him, interestingly enough, teammates. And then Josh Downs, all the way down to the Colts. It's pick 79, terrible draft capital. We don't want to be drafting wide receivers with this type of capital. But Downs is like early declare, best in class, like yards per team pass attempt, like a speed slot that can win quick. And, and I mean, if he's playing the slot with Anthony Richardson and, and Pittman on the outside and JT and this whole thing, like I've heard worse ideas than picking his ass. So when do you think you would be drafting Josh Downs in accordance to all this? Where do you have him right now? 
it's I, hard. I feel I feel crazy saying this. I still no, have no. him like basically where I had him pre-draft, like essentially like in the middle of the second round. Like I don't know. Like you said, the draft capital wasn't great. No, but landing spot wise, he, you know, he finds himself an interesting spot. You know, I, I haven't been the biggest fan of Anthony Richardson as a passer, but like you said, like he's playing the slot, right? He's a speedster. Um, you know, get the ball in his hands early, and he'll make things happen. And I think Anthony Richardson, the way they need to build the offense around him is give him those easy targets. Easy throws, yeah. Right? And yeah. Josh Downs is probably going to be or have the potential to be like a safety blanket type of player. I know they have Jelani Woods out in Indy, right? They have JT, who's going to obviously take a lot of pressure off, you know, off the quarterback, um, you know, just because so much defensive attention has to go to JT. Uh, you have Michael Pittman on the outside. You know, Alec Pierce is there. And, you know, I think there's questions about, you know, Down's going to even be able to kind of break through past Pittman and, and Alec Pierce. But I still like Josh Downs. Like, I, I'm I'm going to stick to my guns in terms of our process and, you know, how the numbers shook out for Josh Downs. Of course, draft capital has to be, you know, calculated. But going to stick to the, stick to the process on this one and going to kind of just, I guess, go down with the ship with Josh Downs. Although I would say, you know, Marvin Mims probably should get the nod over Josh Downs if you really want to split the hairs. Um, right. You know, so that, that's that's where I'm at now. Um, but I think Josh Downs should be in this conversation um, with what these guys we're talking about right now. Yeah, I, I, I don't disagree. Um, I mean, if we're talking about slot receivers who might be targeted, you know, early and often in their offense, it could be Tank Dell. Uh, Tank Dell goes to Houston where there's not much there. I mean, I know isn't Mechie there and he might be coming back, but like, I don't know how, how good or not Mechie is to begin with. And I don't know how good or not Tank Dell is, by the way. But we do know that Tank Dell can get open quickly. That, that, that's one thing. That's his super skill, right? If he had a superpower, that would be it. It's getting open very, very quickly right over the middle of the field. And I don't think that that's a bad thing for a young quarterback, as you point out, for Anthony Richardson to have a little safety blanket with Tank Dell drafted together. They work together. All of a sudden, now they form a relationship. Bond, boom, let's go. They could hit the hit the ground running. Um, I am tantalized by Tank Dell, even though I think the upside is somewhat capped, as I don't think he's going to be an elite alpha. He's going to be a maybe a volume slot, which could be, especially in a team that's, by the way, how fucking stupid are the Houston Texans trading the 12th pick, the 33rd pick, their next year's 24 first, which could be the fucking first pick overall. Like, they're, like you know, we're in dynasty leagues. Would you ever trade your 24 first if it was projected to be one or two in next year's draft? Like, if, if your roster was shit, you'd be like, no, I'm not trading that pick. That pick's more valuable than any pick. I'm like, it, that pick that they traded away, plus all the other shit, was more valuable than the Will Anderson pick itself. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was, that was crazy, man. <laughs> if you hold both assets in the NFL, you could get more with that 24 first than you could by trading Will Anderson. Yeah, yeah, that was that was that was actually a really head scratcher for me, to be honest. And you know what it was? I I, I was listening to um, Evan Silva kind of talk about it, and here's what happened: the owner, I guarantee you this. So, like, you think about the dysfunction 
of these of these guys. Like there may be a front office, there may be an analytics department, there may be a lot of this stuff, but ultimately there's an owner. And like you have to like check with the motherfucking owner. It's not like he like some of them maybe they're like, yeah, you just do whatever, man. Just fucking run the team. Some of the owners are like, you know what? I kind of like CJ Stroud, or I don't, or I do, or you know, someone I think the owner was like, I want both. Can we get both? And they're like, well, technically we could trade the 12th. What would it take if we trade the 12th? You know, and like he's asking these dumb fucking questions on how to get both, where someone should have been like, no, we're not getting both assholes. Like, but you can't say that to the owner because he's the owner. So you're like, yeah, man, maybe, you know, let's uh let's see if that works. And like you're just playing for your job anyway. So you're like, oh fuck it, I'll take both of these guys. Like, it's just the worst decision making possible. And it comes born of like just bad, uh, you know, institutional, uh, you know, construction. Like they have terrible decision making on all levels to make such a putrid decision. I was appalled by moving up 10 spots to get a player that's maybe only marginally better than they could have gotten. Will Anderson's awesome, but like to give up all that, I mean, absolute malpractice. I'm sorry. I'm going to get off my soapbox. We'll move on. But I just had to, I had to get that on wax. Yeah, man, terrible, terrible decision, uh, and we can keep it moving because I, yeah. I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to believe it at this point. I just wanted to get it on wax. Like sometimes you have a take, you're ready to go. You just want to fucking shout it. That's that's what having a podcast is all about. You know that, right? Like I just get on here and just be like, that one's getting out in the fucking airways right there. <laughs> Love it, man. Love Hopefully, it. y'all are nodding with me. If you're not, you're idiots. One last one. Let's do Detroit. Fuck them too, because they're a bunch of idiots. They have this. The, what they they trade. To the, from the 6th to the 12th, you're like, oh, moving back. These guys maybe are uh, you know, going to stockpile something. Then they take a running back at 12. Now, not only did they take a running back at 12, but they took a running back at 12. The 12th pick in the fucking draft. They traded one away for a fourth-round pick. Well, I know they would have had to have paid, but this year they could have just played him. They could have just played DeAndre Swift, who's I don't know how much better or not either of them are than each other. I guess they think that obviously Gibbs is better. He might be. He might be a lot better, but it's also more likely that they would offer you very, very similar performance on the field this year. Would you disagree with that? No, I I wouldn't disagree. You know, I think the only thing that you could say about Swift is like, yeah, he has trouble staying on the field, but that's it, right? But yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. So like, yeah, Monty. What are you worried about? Yeah, and like, what are you worried about? Like you said, like very similar player like archetypes. Yeah, and yeah, you know Gibbs might be a lot better, but the chances are he's probably just a little bit better, if that. Right, exactly. And so you have the pleasure of paying him a high end rookie contract because I mean he's now actually an expensive running back because he's the 12th fucking pick of the draft. So it's not like you're getting, it's not like getting a quarterback where you're like, yeah, but we got him on that rookie deal. No, the rookie deal sucks for a running back at 12. So really you need to get a ton of value. Not only that, but there are other, uh, you know, players that you could have gone after offensive tackle, cornerback edge players that would actually be a, a value at that cost. If you hit on those players and you still had 18 where Look, if Gibbs goes before then, take A-Chain in the fucking third round. Like, I mean, I'm not saying that A-Chain's the same player, but third round capital versus 12th overall, where you could have like, you know, the what was the the the, the cornerback we got plus another, you know, 
it just blows my mind. They could have had all these. And then they took the the off-ball linebacker at 18 when they definitely could have at least traded back, if not just taken him with the next pick they had, which was like 40 or, or 30 or something like that. I mean, they just absolutely shit the bed value-wise. Should have been trading back if they wanted to take him there. And then I heard uh, Adam Levitan say, why not just take Bijan at six? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> if you're going to do all that. Just take Bijan. Just take yeah. Bijan at six. Then you have the fucking home run. Why trade back from <laughs> six to 12 to take the lesser player? I mean, it's just absolutely bonkers, you know? And, yeah, and that, on top that of all crazy. that, why, why sign David Montgomery if this was your plan all along? <laughs> you wasted all the money and you and had Jamal Williams they in house. Him the bag. Yes. You paid him the bag. It's like they're completely overinvested in these positions. It's like unbelievable. I mean, I if you so compare, yeah, if you compare Jamal Williams and DeAndre Swift to David Montgomery and Jameer Gibbs, it's like similar. Like, like, yeah, what were you doing? Like, you just want like, like the new, the new, new, like just the new version of what you already had because they were it killing it. Yeah, like it just the dude led the fucking league in touchdowns. He was a fan favorite. The locker room fucking loved him there's no chance that the locker room's gonna like david montgomery 12 percent as much as they liked jamal there's just yeah. zero chance yeah yeah right just, like this guy really was a weird. fucking stuff yeah at for three million versus whatever they paid montgomery eight million or something like that i mean they are now over it's just yeah anyway all right guys i'm sorry i'm sorry i'm sorry all right i had to do it i apologize it is the nfl draft you gotta get it out so what I what I think we know about this wide receiver groups though is that there's like there's a lot of like what what's the word like not parody but like you know there's just not they're, they're all very similar to value to me like if you said Josh yeah. Downs or Marvin Mims I'd be like sure if you're like Tank Dell or Rashi Rice I'd be like okay yeah whatever I don't I don't know yeah yeah I don't really know even our guy Jaden Reed it's like. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. It's not like he's flawless. It's just, yeah. we're only grandstanding because he got, you know, the fifth, you know, the fourth, uh, sixth pick, a uh, uh, wide receiver, right? 50th uh, overall. Yeah. yeah. I know there's a lot of people who are, and, and I'm sure a lot of people want us to talk about it is Jonathan Mingo. A lot of people really liked him. Um, I know Cody Carpentier over at player profile really liked Mingo. There's other play, other people out there who were, were, were steaming him up, but, um, you know, there's a lot of people who were like, no, this is a fake, fake player. He's not that good. The film, I don't know. Uh, the the profile is not all that exciting to me other than the size and the athleticism. But we've heard that story before, haven't we? Yeah, we have. And, you know, I would say, though, like his his numbers all around just don't excite me at all. You know, just I'm just not excited about him. I mean, to yeah. be honest, like I said, size, <laughs> size is about it. Um, you know, decent breakout age, but... Other than that, like just not not that exciting. Doesn't ha- didn't have great touchdown upside. Um, didn't have like elite production numbers across the board. Um, wasn't really a separator in college. You know, if you look at like you know sixty five percent success versus man. Um, you know, seventy six percent against zone, uh, and then only sixty five percent against press. So he wasn't really a great route runner or separator. Um, you know, decent at, I mean, size and athleticism, I think that's kind of what kind of buoys him. Um, but for me, I'm just, yeah, like I said, I, I, I'd, I'd be okay. Not, not having on my dynasty teams. If I missed them, if I didn't, you know, if he falls into me in the late second round, cool. 
but I'm not going to go out of my way to have Jonathan Bingo on my teams. Yeah, and he's got to climb over a lot of players there. Um, he's got two guys that are – one guy that's very similar, uh, LaVisca Chenault. You know, it's like yeah. – right? I mean, yeah. they're going to be Spider-Man memeing each other. Thankfully, Visca's got the hair. They'll be able to tell each other apart. But um, <clears throat> other than, than that, they've got Terrace Marshall – uh, DJ Chark and Adam Thielen will be the veterans who are actually playing all the time. So between the poo-poo platter of Terrace Marshall, LaVisca Chenault, and Jonathan Mingo, like, I don't know, man. You know, it's not like one I guess of he'll those... be the WR3, you know? Like, cool. Right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, steel cage match to be the, the third guy that he doesn't throw to, right? You know, it's like... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right? So, I mean, I'm not so sure either one of them has a clear breakout. I suppose if you really liked any of those guys, you wouldn't necessarily say that Thielen and Chark are impediments to their growth though. I would agree with that at least, but I mean, they're, they're certainly not going to play early on unless they're really dope is I guess my point. And I'm not yeah. betting that any of them are that dope. <clears throat> yeah. Same, same. Yeah. Um, what do you think of my man tank Dell? Do you, do you like him sort of paired up with CJ Stroud? Uh, I, you know what? I think he's, I was actually surprised and a little sad because I wasn't a huge Tinkdale fan. Um, you know, he's like pocket sized. Yes. And, you know, I, I guess I, I guess I just draft maybe realize I'm a sizist, you know, like from yeah. A-Chain to Bryce Young to Tinkdale. Um, you know, even like, you know, Marvin Mims, like he's a little bit smaller. smaller. Like, yep. I mean, Josh Downs too, right? I mean, yep. you know, I, I can't, I can't, I can't lie, like, you know, but. These guys are just a little bit smaller and just don't excite me as much. But uh, Tank Dell getting that capital and he actually produced, right? I mean, he was a producer. Um, he had what, 13, almost 1,300 yards, or he did have 1,300 yards, uh, almost 1,400 yards as his best season um, and actually scored a lot of touchdowns. So, you know, I think, I think he has some, you know, some interesting traits and some upside there. Um, and like you said earlier, there's not much competition there. Um, other than maybe what Nico Collins, yeah, um, you know I think a little sneaky, actually a little sneaky winner probably uh, yeah. out of that weekend, right? Um, but yeah, so I think Tank Dell is someone that you know I'd probably throw a dart dart at. Um, you know I think I think even though he's small, he he plays bigger than I think his size says. So yeah, um, you know give him that. Well, um, okay, let's let's talk about this running back class a little bit. <clears throat> there's a lot to talk about, even though there's absolutely nothing to talk about. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like everything that you want to talk about. It's like, well, I don't want to talk about that. No, let's not talk about that. Like, Oh no, let's not talk. That's sad. Um, but I'm going to go a little backwards here. Two of the best landing spots, um, in my opinion, came super late in the draft. Zach Evans, Going to the Rams with only Cam Akers to kind of contend with, that could be a one-two punch there. They could absolutely, you know, Batman Robin that thing and, and Zach Evans right into his familiar uh, place just behind another alpha, but a but a super efficient, explosive 1B. Like, that's what the role he played all throughout college. It would not be beyond me to imagine him as like a weekly, like, oh, big play from fucking Evans, you know? Um what do you think about and, and maybe a, an injury away from a bit more? What do you think about Zach Evans really late? I think it was seventh round to the Rams. 
Yeah, I, I wasn't that surprised that he went that late because, you know, I think both of us yeah. didn't have him ranked too high. So I wasn't surprised. But, I mean, all things considered, like you said, ending up on the Rams is probably one of the better situations he could have found himself in. Um, you know, playing behind Cam Akers, who, you know, has an injury history of his own. And obviously there's a potential to miss some games, which will give Zach Evans uh, quite a bit of upside there. So I think that was an uh, interesting landing spot for him. And, you know, I, I don't hate it. Um, and I, I don't hate it for Cam Akers either, right? It's one right. of those, Bingo. you know, yeah. I, I'm a Cam Akers fan. Uh, it didn't, so I don't it hate didn't it for eviscerate Cam. Cam. Yeah. It gave him some competition and probably a little bit of like, I think we would agree though, that as much as we faded Zach Evans, we didn't, I would, I would have, if you said pick 200, I'd been like, oh, less. Yeah. Like on the, you know, I wouldn't have said 215. Like I didn't think that, yeah, you know, yeah. so Agreed. he went later than I even thought, even if I faded him to like the fullest, you know? Yeah, um, yeah. Right. And so the other guy that went just after him, who I think has a pretty good spot here, because I think he might, well, I think he's better than Alexander Madison is Dwayne McBride to the Minnesota Vikings. You know, Madison to me is a bit of a nothing burger. I don't think that he's anything special. I think McBride can easily elevate past him. And then, you know, Dalvin, first of all, talk about injury history, but also, you know, likely moving on after this year. Now, I'm not suggesting that Dwayne McBride's going to be some sort of an alpha that they just give the keys to, but he could certainly have some meaningful moments. And again, if, if uh, Dalvin goes out, he should be the goal line back. I mean, this is a big body dude who can move some, move some, uh, move some mountains. So Dwayne McBride, sneaky little uh, opportunity at playing time, potentially, eh? Yeah, no, Dwayne McBride, uh, he, he balled out, you know, at UAB, you know, yeah. I mean, he had some really big games. Um, so yeah, I, I could definitely see that. I mean, he, he's a goal line monster, uh, got the touchdown upside and, you know, I, I mean, maybe it is like even like, a, you know, if, if cooks out in the one, two punch of McBride and Madison, even, you know, I could see that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, McBride also, you know, late round sleeper, you know, kind of interesting, you know, where he ended up. So you know, I, I think someone to keep an eye on, right? And 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 someone, if he's in your fourth round in rookie drafts, then yeah, I mean, by all means, like throw some darts at him, you know? Yeah, I threw some. Uh, I threw. Uh, actually, I didn't even throw that much shade. It was a very mild dart throw, troll job by me at Emory Hunt, who had his uh, top five running backs as Jameer Gibbs one, which you know, whatever. Come on, man. Then Bijan, which is like fine. It's fine. I mean, it's ridiculous to have, you know, Gibbs over Bijan. I mean, just do the right thing and put the, you know, the, the stud at the top. But whatever. Okay, you have them one, two. They're one, two. So you're just being funny. But then he had his next three best running backs available in this class were um, Tajay Spears, Deuce Vaughn, and Keaton Mitchell. Uh, so I said, you know, Emory Hunt down bad. And, yeah. uh, you know, it definitely upset a few people. They were really, you know, but it was ridiculous because, you know, Keaton Mitchell went undrafted. Deuce Vaughn got the mercy pick, if you noticed, which I thought was super cool. But, you know, it's like his dad is a fucking scout for the Cowboys. And they were like, at whatever it was, like pick two something. They're like, we're going to pick your boy. And they made a big to do of it in the war room. And they fucking, it was super cool. I mean, if that were my kid, I'd have fucking lost my shit too. So it was awesome on the human level. But I, I gotta say, 
doesn't that make him like a little bit more useful? Like they're going to, they're going to tend towards him because his dad is in the building a little bit, at least. I mean, he's going to break ties with fucking, you know, the, the, the fact that his pops is working for the organization. Yeah. I've heard worse ideas than, than Deuce Vaughn right now, even given the fact that he's got some runway. What do you think? Am I starting to take some crazy pills here? No, I mean, you know, I, I think I, I think Deuce Vaughn is an interesting one, right? I, I think I, I think we we did throw some shade at Deuce Vaughn, you know, early on in the cycle, but you know, um, yeah, I mean, you know, I, I I feel like he he ended up in a good spot. He has pass catching upside, uh, not really a great athlete, but yeah. for, like for size especially, but. Um, you know, other than Tony Pollard, I mean, there's really not much in, in, in Dallas right now, right? So I could see him, you know, at least getting, you know, some touches. Although I, I do like Malik Davis, and I'm, I'm super glad that he, he survived for the most part. Yeah. Um, because Deuce Vaughn isn't, isn't really a threat to taking Malik no. Davis's role. No. Right? If anything, no. he's kind of uh, complimenting or supplementing Tony Pollard, right? Yep. And kind of giving that a little bit of juice to the offense, but that was a cool story. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> By the know, way, I, he was the, yeah. he was the RB 14, I think draft in the draft. I think I had him at RB 15. So I think I fucking nailed Deuce Vaughn. I, I never said he was bad. I've said he's, you know, the best film and all that. I had him right around, uh, you know, Chris Rodriguez, Evan Hall, um, yeah. Dwayne McBride. Guess where he went right around those motherfuckers. So uh, yeah, exactly. yeah, I was right. Yeah. It was just say I was right. I mean, you know, and, and you know what his, his upside is limited still. He's not going to lead the lead a backfield, but I, he may be a pass catching weapon. Obviously Tony Pollard's going to, you know, play and play a lot, but if he plays too much, he, he's liable to get hurt. And then you have a, an issue there. Uh, maybe they'll bring Zeke back. I love it. I'm just kind of joking, but Zeke's still available. Um, you know, that's the other thing too, is some of these landing spots we start to look at, like some of them may look wide open as a, you know, a backup. And then all of a sudden, you know, Kareem Hunt, Zeke or Fournette show up and you're like, fuck dude. Um, like one of the other guys, Evan Hull, Evan Hull shows up in Indianapolis where, you know, he could be the pass down back sort of supplement, and back up to, um, you know, Leonard, I mean, Leonard Fournette, Jonathan Taylor. Um, what do you think about Evan Hull if we start moving back up the board a little bit? Yeah, no, I think Evan Hull's, you know, landed up, landed in an interesting spot, you know, and I, 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 I liked him a little bit more and more in, in the process, um, you know, and, and ending up, you know, in Indy, obviously he's going to be behind JT, but you know, going this late in the draft, like you just want guys to land in good spots, yeah. you know, maybe have an opportunity to, to shine a little bit. So, um, you know, good, good landing spot, you know, and I, I'd be interesting to see, I'd be interested to see, uh, you know, how, how he shakes out over the next, you know, few, few months coming yeah. up here in the season. Yeah. If you could carve out a role, it'd be nice. Yeah. Your boy almost got me, but Izzy did go over Chase Brown. So, um, he did. Barely. He did. Barely. Barely one pick. Well, not 20 picks ahead of him, but one yeah. running back pick ahead of him. And so Israel Abanacanda goes to the jets. And I said, this is the, I mean, amongst the worst case scenarios that you could possibly pick for Izzy was going there. I mean, this is one of the stone worst. It's like you have an elite top two or three dynasty running back in Brees hall. Who's going absolutely fucking nowhere said absolutely nowhere about 
uh, Herbert last week and I loved it. I'm stealing it. It's my new line. <laughs> uh, but he's not going anywhere. And then you had two pretty worthy backups with more draft capital, at least uh, Michael Carter and Bam Knight, who was dope. It's like, what the fuck, man? Like, why are they picking him at 143? That's a really awful, awful way to do me. I mean, all the bad things I've said about the Jets, they, they fucking, they got me here. They, they absolutely got you back, got me. man. It's but you know what? Brutal. You know what, though? The, I guess the silver lining here is, and like you said, Brees Hall, you know, one of the top two, three backs, you know, in the league, in Dynasty. Um, but he's coming off the ACL, and yep. most mm-hmm. likely he's going to be good for week one. But, you know, like, like as we've seen. Yeah, what if he's um, not? You know, what if he's not? You know, and, and I was reading from, um, you know, a few people, you know, some of like the physical therapists and some of the docs out there and they were saying probably ready by week one but more likely week five or six will he be like full strength right so that gives maybe izzy about a month to really maybe show show something and carve at least even like a you know a a small role albeit you know and and one thing you said you know throughout throughout was how young he is right so even if you know he is stuck you know, for three, four years behind Brees Hall, he's still only going to be what, 23, 24 years old, still going to be fairly young. Um, you know, so I think, I think he still has a chance and, and those is one of those players where you just kind of stash him and, and kind of see what happens. Um, but yeah, I mean, in terms of landing spot and immediate outlook, I mean, obviously not great. Yeah. A little ugly. Uh, your boy, Chase Brown, uh, pretty good capital, uh, you know, and a, great landing spot. I mean, this was the landing spot we were, you know, pining for all these top backs. You know, we wanted everybody. I wanted Izzy to go there. I wanted anybody to go there. Certainly wanted Bijan to go there. Cincinnati Bengals, Chase Brown. I've heard worse ideas than this too. I mean, let's go. I mean, Chase Brown could absolutely, you know, be a lead back, uh, you know, during certain weeks of the, of the season this year. I mean, he's at least got that open to him. Like that's the thing with Izzy. It's like, even if Brees is out, you're like, yeah, they've got Bam and Carter and, you know, it's probably going to be some sort of three-headed monster. Whereas there in Cincinnati, if Mixon is out, you can certainly, you know, envision Chase Brown just like playing. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, I love it. I love it. Um, <laughs> my boy, um, the, the super senior, man, yeah. you know, lands up in, lands in uh, Cincinnati and, you know, I got Mixon, of course, and Mixon can't stay on the field no matter, you know, what season it is or what's going on. And uh, you got you got Travion Williams and Chris Evans, but not really a threat to Chase Brown. So, yeah, you know, I, I, exactly. I'm really excited about Chase Brown to kind of see see what he can do. Like, I think the, the, the offseason and training camp, you know, reports will tell us a lot whether or not he's actually going to – he's actually going to do something. Um, but the opportunity is there, right? Samaje Piran is not there anymore. and um, you know, the, the Bengals have been known to spell Mixon quite a bit, you know, so um, it'll be interesting to see what happens. And if for some reason Mixon gets released or oh, suspended, then yeah. it's going to be real nice for Chase Brown. Yeah. Moving right back up one more spot would be the uh, to pick 115. Roshan Johnson goes to the Chicago Bears. And I'm thinking like um, – I don't, I, this doesn't scare my Khalil Herbert uh, shares. I'm not like, oh no. I, I feel like this is just another guy that's going to come in there and, and be part of the mix, but, you know, he's nowhere near as explosive as, as Khalil. Khalil was really explosive. Matter of fact, 
Roshan, I comped to like Brian Robinson, David Montgomery, you know? So he kind of is the, you know, the, the power back version. They already have Dante Foreman too. It's like, I don't know. I think, you know, this is anybody's backfield, but I think it starts with Khalil Herbert. And if, unless he falls, I think it's going to be mostly the Khalil Herbert show. Do you agree with that? Or do you think maybe I'm looking past these other two guys a little too quickly? No, I, I, I think Khalil Herbert's still in the driver's seat. You know, um, it was just super interesting to even see them draft Roshan Johnson, to be honest. Like, yeah, you know, like you already have two pretty good running backs. I mean, they're decent, you know, and do you, do you really need another running back? I mean, I guess this day and age you do, but and they also have Justin Fields, so who also runs a lot. So, yeah, definitely a head scratcher pick there. Uh, I still think Khalil Herbert is probably the running back you would want to roster. Um, but going into like actual draft season, it'll be interesting to see how the ADP shake up. Um, but I don't see Roshan Johnson threatening early, at least, at least not, not now. You know, and, and we've been talking about these running backs, not one person's pants moved the entire time we're talking. Like none of our listeners, not one of them went, Ooh, there's no excitement. There's nothing. That's the point. It's like, there's no one. And even now, moving into the top, what are we in the top seven? Tank Bigsby, Jacksonville Jaguars. Ugh. Right? Yeah. yeah dude, <laughs> your reaction says it all. It's like, that's just a <laughs> Tank Bigsby to back up ETN. Like, okay, fine. Good for you guys. Good for everybody. I will be 0% interested in picking Tank Bigsby. Like, what am I going to do with that? That sounds awful. Yeah, sounds it sounds awful. It just sounds awful. just just a backup. Just like they just end up in like as backups and yes, not exciting. You know, like you're just behind, you know, studs like Travis Etienne. Like yes, it's not exciting at all. I mean, even Jamal Hasty was like kind of frisky and like you know, I mean, special teamer, pass catcher. I don't think Bigsby's not playing ahead of them. He's literally just a hammer. He's a guy that like we can fucking force feed this motherfucker some balls. If anybody gets hurt, like we can just hand him the ball. Like he knows how to run forward. Great. Get him on the fucking team. Um, and then you get to the top guys, which was the, we already talked about it. Devon, a chain, Kendra Miller, Zach Charbonnet, Jameer Gibbs, B. John Robinson. But we're going to end with one guy, the running backs. That is Tajay Spears. We kind of like Tajay. He gets drafted in a weird spot. I'm not saying it's a good or a bad spot. I'm not sure what it is, but he's the one, two, three, four, fifth running back off the board to the Tennessee Titans who have been rumored to be moving on from Derrick Henry. But then Tajay Spears is rumored to have all sorts of Todd Gurley knees. And it's like, I don't know if that's true, but I don't, it, probably is like you don't just come out and say he's got fucked up knees that are like Todd Gurley's unless they are but why would Tennessee have drafted him if they if he had bad medicals I've you know I I am shocked that he went that high and I'm shocked that I don't know what to if he has the bad knees by the way and I don't know what to do with it I, I don't know what to make of it you know what what the fuck Jock what am I doing with Tajay Spears I'm absolutely terrified of Tajay Spears right now. <laughs> right. To be honest, 
Like, like when he went to Tennessee, I was like, okay, that's kind of interesting, just because, like you said, Derrick Henry, we don't yeah. know, and you know, there's 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 your boy, you know, Chestnut out there, and yeah, uh, Haskins and whatnot. But I was like, okay, you know, Tajay Spears, you know, got some juice, like kind of interesting player. And then almost immediately after that, just the cold water bath, like the ice water bath on all the dreams, and yeah. He has like no no ACL, like there's no ligament, like at all, right. like there's none. So it's just it's just basically that bone on bone that that we just don't want to hear. And so I heard a Todd Gurley comparison, and then someone also mentioned Ajayi, but then uh, I think it was uh, Jim, uh, you know, J- uh, Jim per, uh, on Twitter. He said something like, um. Ajayi actually has ACL though. Like he actually has ligaments, so it's not Ajayi, you know. And Ajayi actually had more than two, three years in the league, and they're projecting Spears to be pretty much toast in like three years, like before wow. his rookie contract is out. Wow, wow, wow! That's crazy. Like right? That's, it's terrifying, man. It's terrifying. So it, yeah. I don't know if I want to spend any sort of actual rookie right. draft capital on him. Unless it's like a third round pick or something, like where I, I don't really care. He's gonna have, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, the, wonder why I'm t- saying pick these tight ends. It's like, dude, I'm gonna pick Tajay Spears. Like, holy shit, I'm terrified. I'm with you. I, 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 thank you. I'm feeling the same way. Like, but you just go up. You're like, I can't pick any. I don't want to pick Charbonnet. <laughs> like, what did you guys do to Zach Charbonnet? Why did you do him like that? Like he. I mean, he's got, I'm sure he's got a family like, okay. Gibbs is fine. I mean, I'm, I'm not convinced of the Gibbs upside. Like they've fucking signed David Montgomery. Like that's not nobody. They were super stoked to get Gibbs. Like they looked like they fucking, I mean, it looked like they won the lottery when they picked this guy. They love him. They picked him at 12, but he's a, a little terrifying. Kendra Miller, he's coming off an injury and he's yeah. going to the saints where they just, you know, signed Jamal Williams. Who's, a fucking dog. They've got Alvin fucking Kamara. Like there's no spot here. That's why I keep coming back to Devon a chain where I'm like, dude, he's going to be, I think he's going to be dope. Like, you know, we, we all agree what he was. He's a perfect scheme fit telling you this is Devon a chain. And that's coming from me who was like, I've been telling everybody. I, I literally said, I can't wait for my league mates to draft Devon a chain. So it knocks one of these other guys down to me. And I would have felt that way if they didn't fucking take each and every one of these running backs behind the barn and shoot them. Yeah, man. Like it, it really threw everything upside down in a blender for us. Yeah. Um, and we're, we're still picking up the pieces, you know, and it'll be interesting to see how, <laughs> how our takes change over the next few weeks. You know, next time I come back, we'll probably revisit. Is this a this trade stuff. up draft? Like trade three seconds for like a late first. So you can just get a guy. It's either that or just completely trade out, you know, yep, just trade, trade all the way out, you know, just all the way out of here. You know, yeah. <laughs> I'll, 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 I, I don't want to yeah. be the guy that keeps saying, oh, well, trade to the next year, to the next year. But like this is but, probably yeah, one that. of the years where yeah. you got to just get the hell out. But either you trade up and you get your guy or you just get the hell out because, yeah. you know, after the first round, early second. Yeah, there's some there's some guys mid second. It gets weird. Late second, it gets really weird because then all the tight ends that we just talked about are gone. Um, and then you just get into like these this receivers, like the Mingos and the Rices and 
the Tillmans or, you know, yeah, I mean, you know, it could be interesting. And you got the, those running backs we just went through. Right. And then you go further down into like the third into like, into like the late third. It's like, we didn't even get to like these receivers. We don't even want to talk about, you know, right. like, the, you know, the Boutte and the Scots and then, you know, right. The Charlie Jones is like, I don't even want to deal with those guys. Like, yeah, like yeah. I'll pick them up off waivers, you know, <laughs> like just going to clog but, my but roster. They're gonna, but they're going to be picked in the third round. In a lot yeah. of situations, like you yeah. look at it, you're like, you're going to be like, hmm, Deuce Vaughn or Charlie Jones. And it's like, what am I doing? What the <laughs> fuck am I doing here? Exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's, 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 it's definitely not a fun place to be. Um, so that's what I'm saying. Like, you get the, f- uh, this is fucked. What are we doing? This sucks. I didn't, why do we have to end on a bad note? Let's finish by just having a short, question answer moment i some people call those conversations and we're going to do it about the very top because these are the important questions that we need to ask chalk i should have saved more time fuck it listen cut the rest of this shit and just play that no i'm just kidding michael p duncan if he didn't hear it i don't give a shit all right listen anthony richardson tell me why i shouldn't be drafting anthony richardson at the 1.01 in superflex right now Here's here's my case, Chalk. My concerns for Anthony Richardson were the following. I said it last week. I'll say it to you again. My concerns that he may not get on the field early enough, depending on where he gets drafted. If he gets drafted, you know, mid first or like behind Geno Smith or something like that, then he's probably going to sit out a year. And I'm not sure when he gets on the field. And then the later he gets drafted without draft capital. If he doesn't get on the field or if he doesn't impress in practice or if he isn't very good or if he gets on the field, da da da, right? It could go wrong fast and we never even see him play much. Like he only plays a few games, they're not that good, and he's off. But picked fourth overall by the Shane Steichen offensive coordinator from Philadelphia, who's now with Indianapolis, who, you know, they love him. They're like talking about he needs to play right away. Like, they're going to get him on the field. They're going to scheme him up. They've got a run first offense. They've got a few weapons. Like when he plays, he's going to be fantasy gold. The question was whether he would play and for how long. I think those other questions are answered. Why not push the button on the potential game changer? Because you already have a gate potential game changer guarantee in Bijan Robinson, right? So for me, I, I I still would take Bijan over Anthony Richardson, although I would see the case for taking Richardson as the first quarterback at 102. Um, given I, I all like the where points you're going. So, I mean, at the end of the day, you're saying that Bijan is just that much more of a sure thing. So, and he is a game changer. He's not at a, as valuable a position, but the odds of him hitting are so high. Why not just lock it in? I would just say, hey, we all know you can get a running back, but Lord knows you can't trade for the, that top five to eight quarterbacks. If, if if Anthony Richardson hits those heights, then you have more valuable than Bijan. Exactly, Bijan gets impeccable draft capital. Yeah, already has a profile. Ends up in an amazing landing spot. Uh, you know, RIP to the the homie Tyler Agier. Um, But yeah, Bijan yeah. is just just if you're going to go one hundred and one, you 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 just can't miss like at all. Yeah. I know. And but you're not Bijan, you're not gonna miss though. You're not gonna miss with 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 Richardson. Like he's gonna start. 
How 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 long of a leash did uh, Justin Fields? I almost said by accident, but it's true. Josh Allen and Daniel Jones, these sort of athletic quarterbacks who were drafted in the top seven or eight, who were given well, I guess nine or whatever, you know whatever top ten, um, who were given long leashes to figure it out because they kind of felt like they needed that. I mean, you can still sell any of those guys for any of it, and and I felt like you could sell Josh Allen, you could sell Justin Fields. For for strong value because they have rushing upside and like if you want to sell Justin Fields right now, the jury's out on whether or not he's good as a passer. Let's just fucking not fuck around there. That, that is not a solved equation yet, and yet you can still sell him for top eight uh, di- dynasty startup value. You know? Yeah, you could. Um, although every startup I see right now is he's still like outside the top eight. He's like in the top ten. You know? Um, okay. You know? So I. And, and Justin Fields was a much better passer. Is he ahead of all the running college. backs? Justin Fields is, although Bijan's right there. Yeah, Bijan's Bijan has crept up to 112 now. And and maybe that's why you sell him too. Look, I agree with you, by the way. It's a really tough question. Yeah, I, I just think it it's worth, I, I guess that what I would say is, what if you're like loaded at running back? You got Brees and ETN and whatnot. Like you got like depth and whatnot, but you're like cousins and like Brady and Wentz and like, you know what I mean? And you're like, I kind of have no second quarterback. Yeah. I mean, I, Can I, you, I, I don't, I don't see, I don't see it being bad taking Anthony Richardson, um, you know, right there. But for me, um, I, I'm just so like risk averse, yeah. I guess. Yeah. When it comes to like these top picks and, yeah. And yeah, he's gonna have a long leash, right? He's gonna have the, the opportunity to, you know, play himself out of the league, right? So to say. But Josh Allen is like one of one, yep. right? Jalen yes. Hurts and uh, Justin Fields were much better passers than Anthony Richardson out of college. True, so, like, very true. Like, like we can't just say, oh, these guys are are balling and these guys are amazing. So Andrew Richardson's also right? going to be amazing. Yes. He's a completely different player, completely different human being. Yes, we don't know um, whether or not so he's going to be able to develop. Right. So you know everything that we've we stuck on early on in the process about what were the red flags with Andrew Richardson to me. Yeah, those haven't gone away. Yeah, right. He got you know amazing. You know, I mean, top four draft capital. He's in a great situation with the offense. I think Jonathan Taylor is going to do him wonders, right? They're, they have some weapons around him so that he can develop. And, yeah, I mean, if he takes a step forward, he's going to be the quarterback one of this class. Right. Right? But even if he is the quarterback one of this class and you took Bijan, the sure thing, did you really really lose that no. much? Yeah, no. Right? So if you, no. if you play the game of – you know what, the risk and reward, yeah, Anthony Richardson's ceiling is higher than Bijan Robinson's, and the value value ceiling is also higher than Bijan Robinson in a Superflex League, absolutely. Yeah. But Bijan's almost like going to, the dividends are going to pay for Bijan right yeah, away. no matter what. For sure. Too. And almost no matter, no matter what. what. Like, literally almost no matter what. Like, the only thing that can hurt you with Bijan is an injury, because it's not possible for him to be bad. That's not, it's not possible. Yeah, it's just it's not, not possible. possible. That's a zero percent. It's not going to be like, well, geez, he just can't seem to, and that's not going to happen. I promise. I promise yes. you. Like so, that's a fucking promise. And that so was a great me, retort because yeah. I pushed you a little bit. I pushed you a bunch and you had a great answer. And it's the, 
risk averse. Don't fuck up your first pick. Not to say that there isn't going to be a lot of people who will fucking victory lap the fuck out of you about Anthony Richardson, but buyer beware, there are trap doors in his future. That's possible. Those are there. Those trap doors aren't there for Bijan. There are doors that could hit him in the fucking face, like an ACL or a fucking Achilles or, you know, whatever. He could get hurt, but so couldn't any player. But there's no like, shit, I didn't know he wasn't good. Like that doesn't ha- that doesn't happen for Bijan, where those things can happen 100% for A-Rich. I am super tempted and feeling a little bit bold in taking him and ranking him right now as my uh, 1.02. I do agree with you, by the way, after all that. I do have Bijan <laughs> ahead of Anthony Richardson. But I have to go through the thought experiment because it you have to ask because there's gonna that's what it's going to take to get Anthony Richardson is the 1.01 in many cases, if not the 1.02. So then you get to Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud. We've we've got to do this again, damn it. I'm team Bryce Young over C.J. Stroud, and it comes down to the infrastructure, that same stupid-ass front office ownership malpractice bullshit that I talked about earlier in this damn podcast is where the fuck C.J. Stroud plays. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I have. That's I have a good Stroud, take, by the way. It is. It's a great take, you know, because uh, you know I love CJ Stroud. I think all around, you know, prospect wise, profile, I feel like he's the best quarterback in the class. But yep, but <laughs> it's a big but. but. Yeah, man. The I infrastructure, don't right? You know I mean, that. You know, I'm with I you. Because imagine if the Texans didn't screw it all up and they took JSN at twelve, like we were <clears> praying yep. that happened. Then I they'd would still say have like, their next year's own- first round pick too. By the way, which yes, and just for the fucking yeah, what the fuck? Right? They don't have it anymore. It's they literally like blew their opportunity to get JSN or Marvin Harrison Jr. Next right. year, like, there's right? There's no chance. There's no Bingo. chance now. Bingo! Bingo! There it is. If you suck again and your pick is there, it goes. Caleb, you could even finish third. It could go Caleb. May or whomever, you know, I mean, you could be, you're right there for Marvin Harrison Jr. Just to click him at pick three, you're a hundred percent right. And then you could trade why, out why your ass up that? to get him then. Why would they do that, man? So like, bad. so that, so that is oh. probably a reason for me to reconsider having Stroud as my QB one, just because yes. I love Stroud as a prospect and I'm just, I'm being myopic, just looking at him from a prospect standpoint. Yes. His processing. I mean, the S2 scores, I didn't believe it. And look, I was I was right not to believe it. You were right not to believe it. Um, you know, he has he has everything. He has the frame, he has the the mind, he has the throws, he has the production, but the situation is bad. Yeah. And I have I have to really consider this now. Yes. Because because we've seen really good prospects, especially quarterbacks, get broken. Yep. Yep. And, we've seen it. And once they're broken, that's it. They're, it's really almost impossible to resurrect their careers at that point. I mean, very, it's been very done, impossible. But, yeah, but Geno Smith very, or something, right? They're, they're, it's very, very rare. You know, they're going to give Darnold another shot. They're going to give Baker Mayfield another shot. They're going to give CJ Stroud another shot. But man, oh, man. You know, when these guys, you know, sort of wash through and wash out, it's not good. And I don't love it. We didn't, we said the same thing for Trevor Lawrence. Now they gave him, first of all, they had better ownership in fucking Jacksonville. Jacksonville, Shad Khan cares. Like 
he just made bad decisions. He wasn't like he wasn't doing it for bad reasons. He just was bad at making good football decisions with his club. Like he just didn't make good decisions. But I think having Doug Peterson there definitely changed that. And I think they're just a little bit smarter, at least where they're making some better decisions and they have good coaching and Trevor Lawrence is fucking amazing. And they spent some money to get him some weapons. Right. But like in Houston, it could be that or worse or, I don't know, man, and and, he, and he's certainly not the prospect that Trevor Lawrence was. So for all those reasons, you're a little bit scared of this first year for sure, if not longer. Yeah, yeah, man. So it looks like I got to get back in the lab and and start to really yeah look at my quarterbacks again. It's fucking brutal. But yeah, do you this, this you are me. okay with having it Bijan than those three and 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 you know you can kind of pick your what what your flavor is right and it, you know if you're at 104, you're taking one of those three over anybody else. Or is there a case? Is there a case for anybody? Jackson Smith or the guy that I think is going to get taken above these quarterbacks sometimes is Jameer Gibbs. He is getting all kinds of love. I said it in the group chat when we were talking, everybody was like, you know, not sure. I'm like, no, no, no. Jameer Gibbs is easily, they were talking about landing spot a little bit. Like, well, he's behind this and swift and everything. I said, no, 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 no. They just spent the 12th pick. Draft capital, there isn't a fucking player drafted in the top 15 or 20 running back that hasn't been dope. Not one. It's like you have to go all the way back to Trent Richardson and you're like, yeah, I guess. And even he was like, he was an idiot. He just didn't care or whatever. But like all these players have all been very, very productive. It's it's They almost never miss. He's not going to miss. They are. It's now, what does that mean? I don't, I don't know, man. Uh, where do you think you're going to be drafting Jameer Gibbs, if at all? Um, probably after JSN, most likely in most situations, mm. right there after the quarterbacks. Although I, I do see the argument that the running back scarcity does yep. push Gibbs' value up even more. Right. Where yes. You take you take Gibbs, and then you have the receiver right there. Plenty of time right to get a wide receiver. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Honestly. So. Yeah. There, there could, you know what? That's the case. That's the case. It's running back scarcity. Bingo. Thank you. That's why you're here. Everything you've said so far tonight has been fucking on point. So I appreciate it. It's true. It's running back scarcity. So like, you know, you got to look at your board and understand, Hey, I, I can probably get one of these four at pick, whatever I've got, you know, if you're early or whatever, you know, remember too there. Are, and, and there's a case to be made. And I don't know what we should do with them, but there's a case to be made for Will Levis. He did go to Tennessee. He did. They did trade up to get him at pick whatever thirty three, the second pick of the first round, second round. Um, he, you know, he's in a. I have not hated this spot. You know, the the Drew Brees, Derek Carr, Lamar Jackson, Jalen Hurts spot in the draft that early second, late first, right? Where it's like we think you're good. You're just got something that we're not sure about, right? That's how all those prospects were, and and you know what? I would agree. Will Levis is one of those because he's got physical tools. We're just not sure you're not a complete fucking lunatic. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. We're not sure. Are you a fucking might- lunatic? You might be a lunatic. Can we just check on that real quick? Could very well be. Right. So, what do you th- <laughs> what do you think about <laughs> the Levis lunatic? 
I'm I'm still off him. That um, he's second round. <laughs> he slipped to the second. I think that I think that tells me enough. I need to know what the NFL thinks about him. At what point do you draft him? Like you have to draft him at some point. He's not off the board. No, he's not off the board. You know what I mean? Like at some point, you look down and you say, "Okay, yeah, I agree." After Zay Flowers, after Devon A. Chain, after Kendra Miller, after Dalton Kincaid. So not in the first round. And then you start looking in the second round and you're like, okay, tell me who you like more than Will Levis. Yeah, not not many. Not many. I mean, you know, or at least not much. You know, mm-hmm. like you could make a, you could make a case for any of them, but you can't make a big case for any of them over him. None of them. You can be like, dude, obviously, no. Maybe, the, like I said, the tight ends, but who else, right? Mingo or Reed? Like, we're not that fucking sure of those motherfuckers. These other running backs, you know, even Charbonnet. It's like, okay, congratulations. Pff, fucking care. I got I to gotta potentially start starting quarterback here in a minute. Like, maybe a shitty one, but I've got one. I mean, how long are they going to be into Tannehill, right? So it's yeah. like, for me, it's like, even if I can think, Will Le- I have Will Levis now, of course, ahead of Hendon Hooker. You know what I mean? Like, obviously. You know, so without question, even though he slid, it's like, yeah, yeah, that's kind of what I thought. So that's kind of where I had him. And then Hooker slid too. So he goes down too. You know what I mean? So, Mm -hmm. yeah, I I think Will Levis is right there at the top of the second round, has to start being considered. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. Got it. Sounds like it hurts you a little bit to say it. It, uh, No, no, it doesn't. It just doesn't, doesn't excite me. That's all. Well, Skiing late and not excited. Not excited about uh, <laughs> the Levis lunatic. The Levis lunatic puts chalk to bed, and we are done. We've done it. Um, before we go, they're going to do this. Ready? Jackson Smith, Jordan Addison, Quentin Johnson, Zay Flowers. Put them in order. Oh, you got you to repeat that. Sorry. The four receivers: the JSN, Addison, Johnson, Flowers. Just put oh. that group. Yeah, I mean, you know, I think I think you had it right there. It's um. Yeah. Shit. You know, JSN, Addison, yeah. Johnston, and Flowers. I mean, I think that's pretty much it. You know, back to back too, right? Like, just pick yeah. all four of them right there. Just yeah. pick, yeah, just pick all four of them right there. Yeah, exactly. That's what, that's what it is. This is this fucking draft, man. It's so stupid. It's yeah, just it's like just, it, it's stupid. That's what yeah, you're just, doing every time. It's just, right? it's just that's the chalk right there. You know, that's so we'll, stupid. We'll end I hate on this that draft. <laughs> I fucking hate it. All right, that's it. So you guys here, you were right. Everybody already hates this draft. I see all the tweets. It's like, I used to like the draft and shit. You know, like there's a lot of sadness out there. There's a lot of sad fucking tweets. Like nobody liked the draft at all. Awful product. Thank you NFL for fucking up all of our fantasy players. Well, on that note, Mr. Chalk, just say what. Say goodbye to the fine people out there. Yeah, you know, everybody, uh, thanks for tuning in. As always, you know, Jax, thanks for having me on. Yeah. Uh, it was fun, although it was painful at times Pain. talking through some of these some of these prospects. Um, but, you know, you know where to find me at 101 Chalk on Twitter. You can find me at theundroppables.com. Uh, and, yeah, I mean, you know, looking forward to coming back and, and talking more about uh, these rookies and, you know, seeing how this all pans out. Hey, it was a, it was a great pod, man. You were awesome. We kind of did that thing where we just kind of chilled out and like fucking had these little mind thoughts, you know, these little thoughts. And I just picked your brain. You were great. I thought it was a fun show because 
it's always fun for me to show everybody else how, it, how fun it is to like talk to you about stuff where it's like, you just kind of like usually have the right answer, you know, and that's really fun. That's fun to like have a question, kind of think about what it is. And then even if you're splitting, you know, splitting the hair, like, you know, straddling the line as it's called, I think, you know, if you're kind of doing that number where you're like, even your reasoning for that is usually spot on. So thanks for gracing us. Thanks for being my friend. And thank you so much. And on behalf of everybody here at the Undroppables, on behalf of everybody here at the Undrafted, on behalf of of the Philadelphia 76ers fan who's going to be so sad when the Boston Celtics come in and curb stomp the Sixers. Michael, Philadelphia P-word, Duncan, the greatest podcast producer in all the land. You have been joined by the chalk. And I am Jax Falcone. And we are out. Out.